Podcasting from the Midwest, this is No Bullies Please with Zach, the Zombie, and myself, Chad Hunter. Joining us is our sometimes co-host, Orlando. Hey! And we're here to discuss bullying prevention and promoting empathy in kids with a dash of humor, hope, and zombies. (sighs) Not only am I the host, but I'm also the author of the children's book, Zach and the Zombie, No Bullies Please. And I'm the presenter and developer of the school presentations, No Bullies Please, and Rise Up, Stand Up. Melissa Glad is a professional school counselor with a master's degree in education and a bachelor's degree in developmental psychology. She was born and raised on the West Coast, Pacific Northwest, is a mother to three of the world's most awesome kids, and currently lives in Utah with her husband, who is a school psychologist. Glad has experience working with youth of all ages, including those with mental and physical disabilities, and troubled youth as well. She has spent one and a half years doing service missions abroad, teaching people from all over the world, and has been working as a professional school counselor for approximately four years. Let's welcome Melissa Glad to No Bullies, Please. All right, folks, let's welcome Melissa Glad to No Bullies, Please. Melissa, how are you doing today? Oh, so good. Thank you. So uh, as we read in your bio, you're, you know, you're very well uh, versed and established in the world of bullying, you know, and it's, um, it's sad to say, but it's, it's great to, to know that there's people like you out there doing what you do. We always, we always ask guests who are uh, in the professional field of dealing with bullying and intimidation. How do you define bullying? Goodness, <clears throat> that's a really good question, especially working in an elementary school. We get a lot of kids that are saying, oh, this kid's bullying me because they came up and said something mean one time. And we're like, yeah, well, that's really not nice, but <laughs> it's not exactly bullying. But of course, it could always lead down that road. So we want to catch it as quickly as possible. And um, if I had to define bullying, I would say that it was a, you know, persistent consistent, you know, multiple attempts at just trying to bring somebody down, trying to bring yourself up above someone else or point out some kind of quality that maybe they see as negative or that they're trying to make it seem negative, but more so just something that kind of happens on a consistent basis, not necessarily just a one-time jab that I think we've all been guilty of. Yeah, and that's a great point because, um, you know, it's one thing to try and get bullying recognized but then what if you get what they call like false positives like too many people come to your office going i was bullied because you know i asked for the round fork and so and so gave me the the knife you know what i mean if you get too much right of, of the negative um positives then you're you're inundated and you can't get to the real hardcore bullying that's going on so that's a great point we have found in talking yeah. with people who champion against bullying that they usually have a personal stake in standing up to it. So how and why did you get involved? Was it somebody that, you know, you knew, or is it just things you saw growing up? Oh, goodness. That's a really good question too. Um, I, I've always had just a passion of helping people in general. And I think most of us, if not all of us can relate to going through difficult times ourselves. And I personally, I had some kids growing up that, you know, made some mean comments here and there. 
I, I personally, I don't think I'd be able to say that I ever experienced bowling, just like a, a consistent, you know, same people or same kind of thing over and over again. But I, I do, I've, I've seen things happen growing up myself. And in general, for me personally, I, I just have this deep desire to help people and to bring people up and to help others see and become the best versions of themselves. And that's the reason why I went into school counseling. I love working with youth, adults. I think we get a little more set in our ways. I don't know if I'd have the patience to um, do counseling with adults, but at least at this stage in my life, working with youth and just trying to help that next generation, um, again, just become their best versions of themselves, I think is so impactful for not only them, but for society as a whole. And with school counseling, we do that. That is a big portion of what we do is try to teach empathy to kids, try to stop bullying, um, mainly, hopefully, ideally, before it even starts, um, which is another reason why I, I, I really love elementary schools, being able to start when they're younger and hopefully prevent a lot of that in the future. Now, can you define empathy? Because I found in, you know, going around the schools and talking that, um, I found that empathy, as we build up empathy, we, we deconstruct bullying, you know, so I try mm -hmm. and always make it, you know, I try and talk more about bullying prevention than like fighting bullying because, you know, the things you tend to fight against tend to grow and I try and put more energy towards talking about empathy. But for the, for the audience, can you explain in your words uh, what empathy is? Yeah, I would say I know a lot of times we use the phrase being able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. Um, I think that's kind of hard for some kids to wrap their minds around, especially little ones. They tend to think about literally putting on other people's shoes. <laughs> but we try <laughs> to help instill this mind frame of empathy is being able to imagine how would that feel if someone was saying or doing that thing to you. And not just necessarily treating people how you would want to be treated, but treating people how they want to be treated. Um, so teaching empathy, yeah, just, just imagining you were that person and how would you feel if someone was saying or doing something to you and trying to help them think outside of themselves. It's not something that we do naturally. Um, kids tend to be very self-absorbed and Sometimes that carries into adulthood, <laughs> but uh, kids, they do, they have a, a naturally difficult time really imagining what it might be like to be somebody else. So teaching that empathy and not just teaching it once, but hitting it hard and consistently and repeatedly is the key, I think, to being able to teach kids to be able to think beyond themselves. You know, it's funny because kids are very literal. And I think it was, mm -hmm. uh, they may have been like first or second graders. And I was telling the kids about how they have to stand up for each other. And I turned my back. And when I looked <laughs> back, like there were like a couple hundred kids were all suddenly standing up. And it took me a <laughs> second. And I'm like, why are you guys standing up? And one kid's like, well, you told us we have to stand up for each other. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, well, that's sweet. But yeah, so no, they, that's, that's a great point. Like telling them to put on put on each other's shoes or walk in each other's shoes symbolically will probably lead a bunch of kids to run, you know, to the, to the, um, to the coat rack or something. They try and take all their shoes off. What is yeah. the biggest, what's the biggest bullying challenge that you see as a guidance counselor? Because I mean, you, 
I mean, and I hate to put it this way, but you probably normally see like the worst of the worst. Like kids don't go to the guidance. Kids don't go to the, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say guidance counselor. Kids don't come down to the counselor. Um, Cause guidance counselors are the ones that, you know, lead you towards an occupation. Uh, but kids mm-hmm. don't go to the school counselor uh, just to say hi, or like they're having a good day. Like, I'm just glad I feel great today. Just wanted to come by and say hi. Like you get kids when they're, you know, when, when they're, they're hurt, they're shattered, they're feeling their, their, their worst. In terms of bullying, what's the biggest challenge that you come across? Yeah, I, I appreciate that question. You know, unfortunately, as a school counselor, when you do get to the point where kids in your office and they're just shattered, that is just way too late in the game. And if I, if I had, I mean, if I could have an opportunity to put a plug in for school counselors, I know that on the West Coast, from what I hear, it seems like a lot more schools are getting with it as far as putting that money into the um, mental, emotional, social well-being of our youth, which is so important. I, I have some school counselor friends on the East Coast, and I hear these stories about, you know, oh, how long did it take you to land a position? And they were saying, oh, I was interviewing for about six years. And I think that is heartbreaking. We need wow, to be putting six years. more. Wow. Yeah, isn't that ridiculous? We need to be putting the funding into our youth and teaching kids math and reading and writing is every bit as crucial as teaching kids social, emotional, um, just this, this mental well-being and how to treat others. Um, the hardest thing, going back to your question, the hardest part about bullying is that there's not enough kids coming to the school counselor's office earlier or there's not school counselors that are available and the teachers are stretched thin so who do you go to kids are smart they they learn very early on that i don't want to go tell mom and dad what's going on because i don't want mom and dad to worry Um, and so i think that's the hardest part about bullying is kids feeling like they have to keep it to themselves or also feeling like they really don't have any place to go and if we can get more Um, focus on putting these supports in our school system and putting a lot of them in there and making it a regular part of their school. Fortunately, the school I'm at, they do happen to see the importance of that social emotional learning for kids. And I'm in the classroom at my school every single week teaching a related lesson. The kids know me very well. And when they know you very well, they feel comfortable with you. They get to know you and your personality. They feel a lot safer coming to you sooner to let you know that there's a problem going on. You know, and that's so key because it's and, and I'm gonna make this correlation, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it home in a second. A a school counselor is in a way almost like like the prison system. And here here's why I say that: by the time a kid gets to one or the other so much damage has possibly been done, it's almost too late. And I don't mean that in such a negative, dark way. But, like, you are taking very preventive steps to strengthen the kids so that they don't end up in your office shattered and broken. And, I mean, it's the same thing with with education and and teaching kids well-being so that when they become adults, they don't commit crimes and end up in the prison system. By the time they get to that door... It's almost too late now. I mean, and it's, you know, I don't like to believe in it's, I mean, there is a too late, too late, but it's just by the time they get to those levels, 
there's been so much damage and so much scar tissue, emotional mm-hmm. scar tissue that, you know, we have to, as parents, as adults, as educators, we have to do what you're doing. We got to get out there and, and shore these kids up before the damage is, is you know, irreversible and, and they're coming to your office in, in the worst uh, throes of how they feel. Empathy is important. Empathy is important in bullying prevention. So how do we engender it in kids? I believe 99% of all kids are born good. I mean, there's that 1% that's just like, we don't know where that kid came from. But I mean, there's, (laughs) I I think, you know, and this goes to, you know, nature versus nurture, et cetera. But if kids have that innate ability to not want to see other kids be harmed, how do we how do we foster that in kids so that it extends deeper and further and farther out beyond just you know their normal uh, means of of feeling sorry for others? How do we grow empathy in kids? Oh, I love that. Um, so many thoughts come into mind as you make as you make those comments. Uh, you know, first of all, I love what you said about how you think that that kids you know tend to be innately good. I'm a firm believer that we are we are born innately good we we are and there's so much good out there you know some of my except for that one percent that one except for that one percent right (laughs) some of my got a hundred kids yeah that 100 kids 99 i'll turn my back on but there's that one (laughs) (laughs) yes and those you know those naughty ones what i love about my job is i get to work with those naughty ones that really stand out and you come to love them the most because you get past those layers you get past a couple of those scars and you see that they are just awesome they are all so unique so individual and they have so much to offer us um and i love that and then you know i just thinking about that one percent there is for for me and my you know in my field and and related there it comes back to you know there's always that small percentage of children that unfortunately from babies from infancy were raised in an environment that was physically or emotionally um, abusive or neglectful or both and you know, there, there are, there's those synapses in our brains, they get snipped when you're young, and sometimes you just can't mend those. But I mean, those are some extreme cases we're talking about. But in, in general, I think, I always say, if, if someone's behavior isn't making sense, you're just missing part of the puzzle, and you need to dig deeper and get to know them better, and you will truly love them. Um, my, my stance on as far as how do we do this? Okay, that's a that's a really great question. How do we teach our kids empathy? Um, we teach them empathy the exact same way that we teach them reading and writing and math. It starts with baby steps. It starts young, and you know, kids go to school and they learn. You know, A letter A is ah. You know, and and and, and the, just those basics that we come back down to. And if we can start there, ideally, and get these emotional, social um, lessons in place and teaching kids, you know, to think outside of themselves and to imagine this kind of a scenario and to, to have it be consistent that they're hearing it often. That's really the key of teaching. And, and I don't mean to say, you know, start young and if they're already in middle school, well, it's too late. It's out the door. You know, start where you're at, use what you can. I mean, start where you're at, use what you have, do what you can, and you can do a whole lot of world of good too. But 
I, I think the key is really making it a consistent part of their lives in the homes, ideally, you know, in schools, but, but teaching it like you would anything else that we teach our kids. Now, is there a unique concept that your school or your school district employs to aid in, in bullying prevention? Like I know some schools, uh, um, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I worked with a school once and they had a program where it was like you would, you would tattletale, but on something good. So, you know, kids were, were running to the teacher saying like, oh, well, yesterday I saw Maria hold the door open for, for Tommy. Or, and then other schools have, you know, certificate programs or they have like points that are awarded when you see a kid do something good. Lots of schools are coming up with innovative ways to try and prevent bullying, uh, promote empathy. Is there anything your school is doing that you want to uh, bring to light? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Anything a school is doing to try to promote that good and to try to um, promote, you know, positive behaviors is just awesome. And one thing that I'm really loving as far as my profession, school counselors, is for many, many years, school counselors, especially in elementary schools, is an, is an emerging field. For many years, they kind of saw this need of, well, we need to help guide kids in where they're going to go with their education. And then they started seeing this void of social emotional that kind of came back on the counselors, but they're still just like, what do we do? And how do we do it? And each school is kind of doing their own thing. There is still a lot of that. There is, um, oh, I'm going to butcher the name. I think it's just something like National School Counselors Association. And there's schools that are adapting standards. And it it kind of comes back to a need for a system. And they're working on that. And it's growing and it's it's becoming more widely used in schools across the nation, which makes me super excited because while it's really great that schools are like, oh, you know, we we do these positive shout outs to people, you know, that's awesome. But again, it comes back to this need for consistency, just like how we do with reading, writing, math. Um, it, it's more efficient when we use evidence based practices and when it's widely used so that we're all using the same language. And they're starting to do that with social emotional learning and with social emotional learning, bullying is included in that. Um, so goodness, now my mind is trailing off a mile a minute. <laughs> it's COVID. I've we got COVID brain. <laughs> well, you know, while you think of that, I was just going to point out that I've seen a lot of in my own personal interactions with schools and students and I've seen where the education system, even now that it adds this, this emotional component, has a bad habit. I shouldn't say bad habit, but it tends to uh, squeak the the. It tends to oil the squeakiest wheel, right? And that's just life. Like mm-hmm. we, you know, you don't pay yeah. attention to all of your car that's working fine. You you look at where the noise is coming from, and mm-hmm. it tends it tends to look that you know it's. We don't recognize the kids that are doing good. And as much as we put focus on the kids that are, that are not doing good and one is not more important than the other, but I think there needs to be a stronger system of recognizing the kids that are very empathic, the kids that are doing good, the kids that are reaching out as much as we put energy on, on quote unquote repairing or, or helping to heal the kids that are, that, that are wounded and, and lashing out. So, and that's just from my own personal take, I think that recognition of, of the good kids is as important as we recognize the, the struggles and the efforts of the kids that are, are 
quote unquote, you know, that 1% that, that are, uh, maybe synaptically short or, and I don't mean that in a genetic way, but just, you know, they've seen things and, you know, hurt kids hurt. That's kind of the way it works. So, I mean, that was just my, my two or three cents. Oh no, Chad, I love that. That's a really good point. And we're trying to do that personally in our school too. Um, we're, we're, we're looking for that balance. You had asked, you know, what is your school doing? And right now our school is doing what we call character traits, where we work on four different character traits throughout, throughout the year. The first one we focus on is perseverance. So getting that grit, keep on trying when things are hard, you keep pushing. Um, the next character trait that we're focusing on right now is responsibility. Um, after that, we do empathy and... And oh goodness, we've got perseverance, responsibility, empathy, and respect. So with those four character traits, um, as a school counselor, I'm going into every classroom every week and I read them a related book. And then we have a discussion or a little activity. And at the end of each month, I reach out to the teachers and I ask them, when you think about your class this month, who really stands out to you as an awesome example of perseverance? who really stood out to you is, an, is a great example of responsibility. And I tell them, don't just look at those perfect A-plus students. Consider the kids who have come a really long ways. And we try to get them to really look at the class as a whole and to point out, you know, for a kid who really struggles behaviorally, it's those small victories that make a huge difference when you can highlight those and praise those and spotlight those. And it, it, it really drives them to wanting to do more. I mean, it's a perfect point. And what you guys are doing there is amazing. And <clears throat> human beings are, are social, social animals. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the parts of being social is, is, is recognition, you know, like, and you do a good work, you do a good job at work. How do you know? Cause <laughs> they keep paying you. And that's a form of, that's a form of recognition. That's an attaboy or, or an girl we're no different in our relationships. We're no different in how we treat each other. If you do something good for somebody, you do it good because it's how you feel. You feel that yeah. treating others with respect, but it's still nice to know that people see and acknowledge uh, with gratitude who you are and, and how you are and the way you are. And, and to those people who do not know, Melissa is also amazingly technically gifted. We worked on, on a, a, a massive... <laughs> Google Meet project and she was eyeball deep and you know all the teachers were looking at her for her technical expertise and she was pulling it off every step of the way. <laughs> oh Chad, you are such a trooper for sticking through and that <laughs> was just incredible. You have no idea my other, you know, it, it just it kills me how in education it's overwhelmingly led by women, which is great. You know, that's awesome. That's perfect. But we're also missing out on that strong male role, that strong male influence in our schools that especially our young boys really look up to. And so to have this awesome, handsome man join us virtually and talk to us about. There's a paycheck in the mail going to Melissa right now. (laughs) No, but seriously, you're great. You are so great, Chad. You had such a good balance and you, you just have this natural, you know, upbeat personality. And I love that you're able to bring to the table your own personal experience with bullying and help to really drive that home. And the boys pay particular attention to that. And so it was just such an awesome, I mean, and it's zombies. Kids love zombies. Well, there you so go. it was just well, no, phenomenal. You, it was so good. 
you guys were amazing. The kids were super receptive. And, you know, and that's right now when when we are in, uh, you know, in a struggle force being social right now in the, in the pandemic, like schools are having to revisit things like Zoom and, and WebEx and, and all these telecommunication possibilities. And so for you guys have found a way to still use that, utilize that and still, you know, get speakers and, and people to bring in positive messages is a testament to you guys. And, you know, we had some technical hiccups, but the kids stuck with it. You guys stuck with it. Um, I just remember for some reason I, I can see it in my head. There was one young, there was one girl. And I swear the poor thing's arm was going to fly to the socket because she, she had her arm up for like <laughs> probably 30 <laughs> minutes. And we kept, I think we kept telling her like, we'll get to your question afterwards, but she wouldn't put it down. And I like, and she kept sticking up really like high. So I, I feel like at the end of it, one of her arms is longer than the other one. And she possibly dislocated <laughs> it, but, but the kids were great. They had amazing questions and, you know, they had a lot of energy and, you know, much like to what you said earlier, I think if you give kids the tools and the route to use them, 99% of the kids will stick up for each other. 99% will oh, yeah. push back against bullying and will promote empathy. But we have to give them examples by being, you know, good adults. We have to give them opportunities to communicate, to talk. Um, and, and, and for any educators that hear this, please, please get people like Melissa in your school. You know, get the school counselors. This is not just some weird touchy-feely, let's all like thump a crystal kind of stuff. This is a science that saves kids' lives. You know, if you look back at any, and I'm outside my lane a, a bit, but if you look back at any aspects of school violence, you will always hear, you know, the kid felt bullied and did X, Y, Z. And that's not an excuse for mass shootings or, or violence or fights, but there tends to be that running theme that, you know, bullied kids can, not every bullied kid will be dangerous, but so many kids that commit acts of danger tend to have been bullied. So uh, mm -hmm. I can't stress enough how important people like you are and what you do. And so, um, and at the drop of a hat, I got you in the show. So, and I, I warned you about this way back. I said, I'm going to get you. And you were like, ha, 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 no, that's fine. And then your principal was like, I'm not doing it. You take her. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah. And I could see she oh, was just shaking her head. Yeah. She was shaking her head like, yep, you take Melissa. I'm not going to do that. But um, <laughs> you did great. And thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Um, is there anything else you want to leave our audience with today? Um. I guess just a, a final thought that's coming to mind. You you nailed it, Chad. The kids, they respond and they are so good. And if we teach them, they will run with it. Um, not just the kids themselves coming to the counselor's office saying, you know, I've been bullied, but I'm getting more and more of kids coming to my office saying, hey, I saw so-and-so doing this to someone else and it made me feel really bad. Or teachers recognizing, hey, I've seen a sudden drop in grades and this kid is you know putting their head down more so they're they're becoming more aware they're looking for those signs and they're recognizing the signs because of the teaching and training that's going out so it, there's a lot of hope out there and if we just keep spreading that love and education and getting the information out to the kids they will truly run with it i think we underestimate the power that our youth holds melissa thank you very much for joining us today Thank you, Chad. You're awesome. I've loved working with you. Thanks for everything. 
Thanks for listening to No Bullies Please with Zach, the zombie, Orlando, and myself, Chad Hunter. If you like our show and want to know more, check out www.zackandthezombie.com. That's www.zackandthezombie.com. Order your copy of Zack and the Zombie on Amazon. Join us next week, and until then, do good, be good, and and no no bullies, please. please.